Quick, slow, slow. It's biblical math. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're starting a new week, and we are moving on into a new section of James chapter 1. This passage falls under the subheading, Listening and Doing, and today we're going to be reading and studying uh, James 1, verses 19 through 21. As always, uh, before we get into the Word, let's go to the author. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for a fresh start and a new week. And we pray, Lord God, that you would um, lead and guide us into the week. And we trust you, Jesus. We trust that you will um, situate our lives in such a way so that we are faced with and doing uh, the things that you believe uh, have the best potential to grow us up in Christ to be more like you. And so, Lord, we can be confident that whatever we face, um, you are using it to our good because we love you and faithfulness to Scripture, um, that you do all things for the good of those who love you according to uh, your good purposes and will. And so, Lord God, we come again uh, hungry. Uh, Lord, I pray that we're ready, and I pray that we have the proper um, uh, spiritual awareness so that we might receive from you what you have for us today as your Spirit teaches us through your Word. We pray these things and ask them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this is James 1, uh, verses 19 through 21. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So James says, hey, um, I'm going to tell you something that I'd like you to pay attention to. Take note of this. Everyone (laughs) should be quick to listen. Everyone is one of those words that means exactly what it says. Everyone means everyone, all of us. (laughs) Y'all should be quick to listen. Now, what does it require inside of us in order for us to become quick listeners? I would suggest that we must first care about the person that we're listening to. Uh, We must also care about what they are saying or about to say. And we must also care about understanding the content so that we can formulate a response when the time is right that will um, connect with the other person, that will be meaningful in light of the context of the information that they're sharing. And that will be mutually beneficial. Um, So quick to listen means that we must uh, position ourselves in conversations to care about the content of what's being shared with us uh, from the person that we're in conversation with. Uh, Now I struggle with this. (laughs) I'm not always a quick listener. And people who know me I know that that's true, and I could. This is a growing edge for me that I could always improve on, and maybe it's a growing edge for you that you could always improve on. And maybe you've become a person who really cares about 
uh, being faithful to this uh, to this challenge of being a quick listener. Um, sometimes I listen and I'm formulating my response before the person is even done talking, and I've checked out on listening to them, and I've I've grabbed onto one or two things that they've said that I want to rebut, and that's not being a quick listener. Um, means hearing a person out so that you really understand what's on their heart and what they're trying to communicate. This could play out very well in human relationships of all sorts, working relationships, uh, relationships within the body of Christ where we're studying and growing together, marriages especially, uh, dating relationships, where it really does matter that we take in the content and that we care to hear it. That's an important thing, and it convicts me because I know it's an area where I need to grow. Next, James says, and this falls under the category of everyone also, everyone should be quick to listen. Everyone should be slow to speak. (laughs) That goes hand in hand with being a quick listener, doesn't it? It means if we're listening uh, and really zooming in to what the other person is saying, then we will be slow to speak. We will be slow in formulating our response because we'll care about the content of what they're saying more than we care about how we're going to respond. And then James says, everyone should be slow to become angry. Sometimes we jump to conclusions too quickly about what someone is saying. Sometimes we get our egos pinched by what someone is saying. Sometimes we get quickly hurt by what someone is saying without being careful to process it all or to ask them questions that help clarify what they mean. And we rush to conclusions and we wind up in a situation where we are, in fact, becoming angry too quickly. Um, And why does James warn against um, becoming angry? He says in verse 20, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I've heard other translations say the righteous life that God desires. Um, Anger can become a massive stumbling block for us, a massive obstacle to our growth in grace. When we're angry, we're blinded to all the good happening around us. We're blinded to the good in the person that has made us angry. We're blinded to the good side of the bad thing that we're facing that we're angry about. And so human anger is not productive in the sense that if we latch on to anger and we cultivate an angry attitude toward life, um, that's not a good position uh, for us to be in. And it certainly will not produce the righteous life within us that God desires. Is it true that we will get angry in life? Yes, absolutely true. We all get angry. Um, Get angry about stuff that's worth getting angry over. And then, in the midst of your anger, hand over your right to be angry to Jesus so that um, you don't get eaten alive within your soul by the anger that's stirring within you. You let it go. You feel it, you let it go, and then you allow Jesus to work out the situation uh, within you so that anger doesn't destroy you and so that the righteousness of God that wants to take root in you can take root in you. Uh, James moves on in verse 21, Therefore get rid of all moral filth. That's 
evil activity, the evil desires of the flesh, uh, the things that we're either actively participating in or the things that we're being tempted to participate in. Get rid of those things. And the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Now, I have to confess, I'm disappointed with our culture, Christian and otherwise. Uh, the Christian world is just as guilty of, of this. And I think it's because we've be, been uh, <clears throat> desensitized to certain types of sins that have become so common because they're so prevalent. One of them being the prevalent nature of easy access pornography in our culture. And I have heard it articulated in the workplace and in other settings um, by women today uh, that um, uh, they have, have become accepting of their men utilizing uh, pornographic material on the side um, as a way of satisfying their uh, physical needs. And I have heard women say if they got angry about their men using porn, they would be angry all the time. And so they've been desensitized to, and the men using it have been desensitized to, the wrongness of the action, the wrongness of allowing that thing to take root in them, and this horrific sin of lust, uh, this unfaithfulness of the heart, using pornography as as an expression of unfaithfulness to one's commitment to one person who they're married to or they're committed to. And um, it's, a, it's an expression of unfaithfulness, and, and we've dumbed it down. We've become desensitized to it being this wrong thing. And it's, it's, uh, it hurts my heart to hear women saying that they're becoming accepting of it. It hurts my heart how many men are tripped up by it, and I'm speaking from experience. There were many years where I was tripped up by um, Internet and um, the the lustful material on the internet and it becomes a trap that we set for ourselves that's hard to break free from and it takes you deeper and deeper and deeper until you're caught uh, pretty tightly by its web and James is warning us in verse 21 and I think this has such strong relevancy to our current situation get rid of all moral filth internet pornography all pornography is moral filth You might be convincing yourselves that you're using this with your spouse as a way of lighting a fire in your relationship and making things exciting, or you've become accepting of the fact that they're going to use it because their sex drive is uh, higher uh, than your willingness to participate with them. Um, This is morally filthy stuff, and James says, get rid of it, and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. When we participate in these other things and we allow them into our lives, they drown out the voice of God in us. And they keep us from they keep the word of life from taking root in us. They rob us of our growth and grace. They rob us of our connection to God and they destroy our ability to uh, to have a conscience. To feel, the, to feel the guilt and shame of sin coming on when we're participating in something sinful. They keep us from growing in grace. And I think this is a clarion warning for us today that we would let go of these morally filthy things and the evil that accompanies them that's so prevalent in our culture and we would accept the word planted in us which can save us. 
My friends, these are words of life and they're words of truth that we need to wrestle with. And I praise God that he set me free. Over eight years ago, he set me free and I'm walking in truth and I'm walking in freedom and I have no desire to go walk back in that prison door. And I pray that Jesus would set you free too, my friends. Whatever it is that's binding you, whatever morally filthy thing, whatever evil that's so prevalent in the culture and in your life that you're hanging on to, I pray that you'd let it go in favor of the word of truth planted in you, which can save you. My friends, I'm convicted and challenged by these words, and I hope you are too. I hope you listen, and I hope you allow yourself to let the Spirit speak through these words into your heart today. God bless.